Hey everyone, Single Tree Podcast. This is episode 25. Today we're going to talk about how to influence people, some ways that you can do that, and uh, continue talking about using ourselves. On the last podcast, we talked about examining ourselves and um, paying attention to ourselves and the stress that we experience and ways that we can form ourselves and experience change and transformation in order to be better for others and uh, to improve the systems in which we live. And today we're going to continue talking about how we can use ourselves to, um, yeah, just influence others. And that doesn't mean that we have to focus on changing anyone else, but we can be part of um, affecting and impacting other people's lives. And, you know, there's just some responsible ways to do that and some ways that maybe aren't quite so effective. So that's what we're going to talk about today. I'm Joel, by the way. I'm Brandon, by the way. Welcome. We're glad you've joined us. Um, let us know if you have any questions or feedback or comments on any of this stuff. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, we'll just jump right in. I think one of the best ways that we can be influential to people around us, the systems that we're in, is just like we were talking about last time, just to become ourselves. And um, instead of thinking of influencing others as something that we do, to think about it more in terms of who we are, um, because who we are as we become um, maybe who we're supposed to be or who we want to be will directly then have an effect on the people around us and just the systems in which we exist. Right, like the value of paying attention to yourself and what's happening inside mm -hmm. with you and yeah. how that relates to your environment. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So, and I think, you know, anytime you change something about yourself, anytime you, um, you know, are transformed or um, become uh, something different, um, it always has an effect on the people around you. It's There's no way that it can not have an effect on the people around you. So it's, um, it happens in real time. It's a hundred percent, you know, guarantee that, you know, who you are and who you're becoming is going to affect um, the people around you. And there's no way to really fake it, you know, like, um, you know, even if you're just like trying to be something that you're not, um, you know, whatever you really are is what ends up affecting the system, I think. Um, not just what you're attempting to project. And so the process of um, paying attention to yourself and, and actually going through the process of becoming a transformation is important um, because there's no energy lost, you know. Whatever energy you put into that and, and whatever you have actually become is what ends up um, affecting the system. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Sometimes 
you know, listening to what you were saying, it sometimes I wonder if we forget the reality of what you were saying about when we make a change with her inside ourselves that it will have an impact on our environment it can't not right I think it maybe I'm the only one but I know that in times in my life I have failed to really see the truth on that and to see how alive that is I can't imagine that I'm the only one on the earth that has had that experience so maybe you could provide an example of how making a change within yourself would change an environment okay so I think maybe a good example of that would be just handling stress so if you're uh, stressed out and worn out from um, different circumstances in your life or just from your job for instance then you know sometimes you're just sort of trying to get by and uh, you might be showing up for work for example kind of worn out and stressed out and you're just trying to kind of make it through the day um, so you know in that case you might just be sort of like going through the motions or playing a part or trying to pretend like you're okay um, whereas actually like addressing what the stress is and you know doing good um, self-care things for yourself like you know getting eight hours of sleep and you know eating healthy and exercising and, and things like that like actually making those changes to manage stress um, so that uh, your body is actually healthy and your mind is healthy and and stuff like that um, will actually have an effect on your environment um, rather than just like showing up and, and pretending hmm. does that make sense yeah I think that's a good practical example I mean it's hard for me to pretend working on very little sleep like that I'm <laughs> I just don't think there's that I have as as positive an effect on my environment when I'm not healthy, for right. instance. And people so, feel that then. Yeah, I think people. I mean, even my, even even if you don't say anything, people feel that. Even if it. I'm yeah, even if I'm pretending like I'm <clears throat> awake and alert and <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and over time, you know, the way that you manage stress or even your sleep patterns, for instance, like start to have a pretty big effect on your health, your mental health, physical health, and that's going to show. It's going to it's going to take a toll. So actually like practicing healthy stuff and becoming healthy is you know, good for your environment. It's good for you, but it's also good for your environment. So okay. That's an example of how you, you know, like um actually becoming is a way that you can influence the environment that you're in and I just think in general like the work that we do on ourselves 
focusing on ourselves, paying attention to ourselves, um, actually doing the work of transformation is, um, there's no substitute for it. What do you mean by becoming? Um, it's kind of like the stuff we were addressing last time, you know, when we encounter stress in our environment, that's what lets us know maybe there's a need for a change. And that could be at times, you know, changing your your circumstances, but it almost always means um, changing yourself. And so, you know, if you're, and we, we did all those podcast episodes about the formation of self and the evolution of and, and development of the self um, and you know, there's lots of different ways that that happens, but it happens all across our, our lifespan that we grow and learn and change and become selves um, and improve ourselves and things like that. And uh, just doing that work is what I'm talking about, the self-work okay. that we were talking about the last time. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, Absolutely. So I'd say the best way, I mean, always, at all times, to, to influence others in a positive way is to actually just work on yourself. So, some, And some people might say that's modeling or just setting a good example or, you know, but there's no, um, there's just no substitute for that. It's There's only... There's only one way, <laughs> you know, to actually change. You can't, you can't pretend. And so that can, talking about <clears throat> how changing yourself is very much a direct way to have a, an influence on your environment can seem maybe contrary mm -hmm. to some. Yeah. Because usually it's almost even kind of an instinctual thing where <clears throat> we notice stress or, or anxiety and the first thing we do without even really looking is we look outside and and try to identify whatever it is that needs to be changed or added or eliminated or whatever and that's how we go about change you know what i mean that can be such a ingrained part of how we operate right mm -hmm. but what you're saying what you're suggesting what we've been talking about last podcast this podcast is kind of contrary to that it's changing yourself rather than just finding ways that you you can change your environment but now we kind of circle back around and we're saying you know here's some ways that you can change your environment but the biggest one is to be focused on self and how you can how you can change because you're part of the system so like you were saying last time there's really no difference between you know, focusing on self and focusing on environment, you are part of the environment, you're part of the system. So mm -hmm. as you change yourself, you actually do change the environment, mm -hmm. you know, um, 
It's but, a hard thing to trust, though, I, yeah. I bet, for some people. How, yeah. So, I mean, that's something I've definitely had to go through growing pains to learn how to trust. And I would imagine you also have endured some of that. Sure. How did you learn to trust that? How did you learn to trust that the quickest way to, or the most direct influence on your environment is changing yourself? How did you learn to trust that? Um, I don't know if there's, you know, I mean, learning to trust, there's really only one way to learn how to trust and it's practice. You know, you, you have to take the leap or whatever to learn that it's okay to trust. And so I think it's just in whatever circumstances that you're in, um, taking a, a chance to really taking that, taking that opportunity to really take a look at self and examine self and, you know, what am I experiencing in this, in these circumstances? And, um, is there anything about what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking or my typical responses to these circumstances that I can alter and change? Um, you know, and it is a little, it is a little scary, um, because, you know, the trust is that I don't have to control my environment or, or everything around me, um, in order to make this better or to feel safe or whatever. Um, it's just letting go of all of that for the time being and, you know, really examining self and, and, and taking a look at, is there anything that I'm contributing here that's maybe not helpful? Um, and that I could change, you know? And then the, the problem is that, you know, the hard part is that like whatever, however you've adapted to your circumstances and like your typical responses are usually geared toward safety. They're geared toward control. They're um, geared toward making sure that you can be happy, that you can be comfortable, those kinds of things. And those are the things that you're, that you're giving up basically when you choose to do something different or, or to change self rather than continuing to do those same, same old things that, um, are ways that you can <laughs> avoid self-confrontation or self-correction and, and, and just focus on changing the environment. That's safer. Hmm. Yeah, right. So, sense. so it's just practicing it once, you know, teaching yourself to trust that is, doing it once and then realizing that you didn't die the first time you did it so you can do it again um so you could you know i think it's good to to even just try it in the smallest way possible that you can think of to examine self and try to um just alter what you typically would do in a given situation and then and see how that goes to give yourself permission to experiment yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, it's just, uh, that's the best way that we can influence people is just by, um, 
changing ourselves, becoming what we want to be and what we want to see. And, um, and then, you know, I think really living an authentic life, I guess, which is, you know, if you've done real change in yourself, then it's just letting that kind of flow out into your environment and it will like we we're saying that's there's no way for it not to have an effect if you've done real change right mm-hmm. um so which can also be you know for me that's also a that can also be a a difficult thing to actually be my authentic self you know what i mean so like that would that would be like just opening myself up and being honest and being transparent and like telling people what I want and need, um, you know, sharing sharing with them kind of how I feel and what my dreams are and hopes are and desires are. That's a you know so that's another thing that's requires trust and vulnerability yeah because you made a good point when we were talking about this before where even if you don't get what you even if you ask someone or make a request or say that you want something and you don't get what you want it still has an impact on the relationship Mm -hmm. or the environment and where my mind went is that of course right you didn't get you didn't get what you wanted um but simply expressing what you want is an act of vulnerability right but trusting 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 yourself to to be able to say that and that it would be received and then actually expressing what you want is is some 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 sort of expression of faith that they will be responsive in some way as as well so just just the simple request of what you want is is an expression of trust and safety in the relationship mm mm-hmm. I think of couple relationships, you know, um, that's one of the easiest ways to think about it. You know, um, if you never say what you want in a couple relationship, um, your partner is not going to, it's not going to know, you know, you know, they can't always read your mind. Maybe sometimes they can anticipate your need or desire, but, um, that's a place where you can, you know, as you change and grow, you're never going to stop like needing relationship or needing, needing or wanting something from your partner or anyone that you're in a relationship with. Um, and so just, just opening up and being vulnerable about, um, what you need or want is absolutely necessary. Right. And, and even if you don't get exactly what you want, exactly the way you want it from your partner, that doesn't mean that when you open up and become vulnerable, it hasn't changed the system, the relationship, right? I mean, 
one positive thing about that is just that you've been open and honest about who you are. Part of that is your is your desires, right? And you've opened yourself up to be received by your partner. Um, and you've also, yeah, just kind of given them a window into who you are, your heart, your soul. Um, and uh, that does something to the relationship, even if they don't give you exactly what you want. Hmm. Yeah, that was a good thing for for me to think about so yeah and I think you know I tell couples a lot you know the goal in you know stating your desires or your your wishes is not that your partner is just going to do everything you say necessarily it's about developing a sense of connection and intimacy through the asking for um, something and making a request Saying what you need or what you want to see happen in any system isn't is uh it's not about like just going around demanding things from people. Um, and I would say that one of the best ways to influence people is to not be demanding. So. Yeah, I like that one. Requests are a lot better than demands mm-hmm. to actually influence people. <clears throat> I think you can activate people's motivation by asking for something um, and not demanding that they do it. Or, you know, it's the difference between a want and a need. You know what I mean? Oh, definitely. So when you're trying to influence people, I think it's whether it's your partner in a couple relationship or the people that you work with or just someone that you're trying to help um, or even your child as a parent um, the requests come across a lot softer and I think end up having more of an influence um, does, that, does that make sense you experience that yeah it does make sense I think it probably helps people get real clear on the difference between wants and needs mm-hmm. yeah So you were talking about um, influencing people by what you don't do <laughs> instead of what you do, which I thought I think is an interesting way to look at it because yeah. you know we think of influencing people as an active process, but maybe there's a part of it that's passive that's actually can be effective as well. Yeah, I mean I think you <clears throat> you initially brought that up but then that's that's just something that um that i enjoy kind of uh thinking about is that um you can absolutely influence by not influencing you Mm -hmm. know uh, that sounds paradoxical or you know um contrary but you know I think it can be pretty powerful, as a matter of fact. Um, and an example of that is just giving giving someone space to 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 be how they are in in, in whatever environment, mm-hmm. and giving them space to um, essentially learn. Mm-hmm. 
and just taking a stance of walking with them in their learning process um, can be really powerful and instead of trying to uh, foresee any possible negative outcome because of how they're being you know what I mean and stopping them and reminding them of what possible catastrophe you know could arise um, that sets this tone for a certain kind of relationship but if you are walking with them and allowing them to just kind of be in their experience and and just walk with them in their learning that that creates a whole other tone the the, the tone mm-hmm. of that relationship the quality of that relationship is mm-hmm. is totally different yeah. and i think what it does is is it can really give someone responsibility and ownership over their own experience as opposed to sure trying to just jump in at every possible point where you might see a negative outcome and stopping them and saying, you know, did you see this? Well, I think sometimes we do that that out of concern, which I don't think is inherently bad, but on the flip side of that, who who's to say that they that they don't need to have those learning opportunities and experiences to mm-hmm. To grow, I mean, they they need. Sometimes we can be so quick to eliminate learning opportunities, which actually can prevent growth. Whereas we, if we're able to kind of take a, if we're willing to kind of take a step back and just walk through them in the midst of those learning opportunities, then they're growing mm-hmm. and they're learning, which is the fundamental thing that humans need to be doing you know right. what i mean so right. it i do kind of like that that not doing that does affect in influence and affect the environment you know mm-hmm. for sure yeah it's so it's like coming alongside people rather than always directing them mm-hmm. you know and this could be applicable for a lot of different any relationship really um but i think of it it, it might be helpful uh too for just leaders or bosses or um, people who are uh, you know actively involved in um, you know vocational positions where they have to influence people or they're responsible for people or they're directing or managing people um, that coming alongside can be a way to lead um, not just you know uh, standing up and and barking orders that people are, you know, trying to um, coerce them into doing their job or moving mm-hmm. in a certain direction or, you know, whatever yeah. you're wanting them to do. I think it's especially important in in the bus- in the business world or the professional world. We tend to take more of the, uh, walking alongside kind of stance with our personal relationships more so than than in in business or in the professional world but in the professional world I'd say that's especially important yeah um 
and I I really do think that 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 walking alongside on a deep core level is what that <clears throat> the tone that sets is a is a tone of of trust. Yeah. First and foremost, right? And it is hard to have a, a functioning organism when there's no trust. I mean, that's just that's a that's a fundamental thing that is needed in any kind of relationship, but especially in an organization where mm-hmm. you know people depend on one another's uh, performance and awareness and skill. Uh, right. If that trust isn't there, then that I mean that just that breeds throughout the organization and yeah it's not a fun place to work no when there's no trust yeah no trust no 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 value over someone's you know experience of of what's going on day in day out and Mm -hmm. you know yeah hard to have hard to have a functioning organism when when there's no trust and that that to me is like right. what walking alongside does on a really deep level is it it says you know i trust you right yeah the trust requires um or part of part of what you're trusting is that people um will inherently grow and they will inherently be motivated to work um they will be motivated within themselves um, intrinsically um, and that they're going to get to the right place, you know, and it might take time and, and, and patience and, and things like that. But um, that we don't have to, you know, I mean, certainly there's, there's times to be directing people and telling them what to do and um, how to do certain things. Um, but you know, there's probably, I would say maybe even more time when we just need to let them be figuring out things on their own and, uh, just kind of being there while they do it in support of. I could not agree more that there, that there probably does need to be more of that walking alongside and more of that time you know to just let them do what they need to do instead of you know directing you know that's yeah if that's out of proportion then that felt sense of trust on a deep level is it's out of balance yeah you know it's the tree you don't have to direct the tree how to grow it inherently in its dna knows what to do it will grow into a tree right produce fruit or whatever mm-hmm. um and you have to be able to trust that it will do that um so it takes trust to influence people um i think part of what you're saying too is just kind of um practicing acceptance openness and acceptance of who people are and where they are and um you know if you don't if you don't accept people where they are, you know, that has a tendency to demotivate them, mm. I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Um, so it's trust, but it's also acceptance of where they are. Yeah. 
and I think it you know taking that kind of walking alongside approach or influencing by not influencing is actually that process grows someone who is willing to walk down that path too because it <clears throat> it helps you get real clear on well how much control you think you need versus how much control you really need mm -hmm. it helps you get clear on what you're willing to risk and what you're not you know it teaches you so much about about yourself mm -hmm. and it also there can be a lot of learning in it because uh, I know for me there's what it's one of the most important things it's taught me is that just because I can see something that could happen I would without even thought see that thing and say well that that, sh that shouldn't happen so let's do what we need to do to eliminate it and what this process has taught me is that you don't that's not necessarily true you think you know what is best but maybe maybe you really don't maybe mm -hmm. you know what I thought was best was eliminating all of these possible outcomes which actually maybe those things were the best for the learning to happen so it mm -hmm. helped me and I continue to just get real clear about, or get more clear about, you know, what I think should or should not happen or what I think is, is best. And most times I find myself thinking, you know, I don't, I think twice, definitely. I'm mm -hmm. not always so quick to think I know what is the best. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Yeah, part of it might be understanding people in their context and their in their culture or you know just the differences that they might have with you um, so whatever you think is best for them in a given situation may not be what they're after at all mm -hmm. you know based on their life experiences based on their culture um, based on their you know the family that they came from um, you know and so what they choose you might you might think it's not the best outcome but they might not care what you think right and <laughs> and you know it, it it also can teach you about um sh short short-term solutions versus long-term solutions i mean just because you see something that maybe could be done mm -hmm better or you know uh, let's let's do things this way um that might be great in in the short term but we don't usually give ourselves a chance to kind of step back and say okay if i didn't necessarily intervene here what mm -hmm. how could that be beneficial long term mm -hmm. and right you know yeah, so we, we experience this, you know, when we're trying to influence people, a lot of times we're coming alongside people, um, you know, in therapy who we're trying to help through their issues or whatever. But how could this look in a, you know, from an organizational 
point of view if you're managing employees or managing um, people who you're working on something together um, do you think it looks the same that you need to take I mean there's there's certainly like a short-term need to get the job done or you know to um, uh, yeah just meet the demands of everyday working mm-hmm. um, but you know, how can you kind of take a short-term and a long-term view or or maybe more of a long-term view um, that's more focused on transformation and learning like you're talking about in, you know, an organization that's trying to meet the demands of whatever their business is? Well, I do think it's the same. I just think it probably looks a lot more complex, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the basic elements are there, you know, with mm-hmm. with trust needing to be there, um, and what that felt sense of trust does for the organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also think that being too focused on um trying to solve problems or, or or trying to get too much control over situations um stag it, it just makes it makes that 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 trust process more stagnant and i don't you also have to think about well, and you do this in in um, personal relationships too. You know, you want the relationship to to last, right? So you're thinking about sustainability. Essentially, that's kind of what it is. And so, in organizations, you're you're thinking about not only day to day, like you know how how was someone in the organization um, functioning and and performing and and being, but uh, mm-hmm. what does that look like now but what does that look like long term um yeah and taking you know influencing by not influencing is very relevant right you know in regards to sure that whole process mm-hmm. so you could still take the same approach i mean you don't i mean just demanding productivity about people out of people um is is not a good long term approach you know um there's still room there still needs to be room for grow growth and learning to take place and sometimes that means um not allow allowing people to fail maybe in in an or to struggle yeah yeah or to struggle and to try to learn things themselves instead of just demanding that they do exactly what you say the way you say you want it done yeah every time yeah the default is to want to eliminate struggle but i'm not i'm not sure that that's i mean that's so what our society is Mm -hmm. oriented to right which is eliminating struggle uh or pain and confusion and what what that does is it it keeps us from 
growing mm -hmm. and becoming more resilient and mm -hmm. especially I mean yeah in personal relationships we you know we see struggle and want to eliminate that but the more we open up to that really the more robust our relationship comes but when we when we think about that in regards to organizations we especially are hyper vigilant to struggle and or you know pain or confusion because mm -hmm. i mean that's we're we're especially oriented towards eliminating that in the in the right business world but it's in it's in it's inherent i think that any long lasting successful business have embraces that mm -hmm. struggle that that struggle will be there and mm -hmm. well if you're going to embrace it you have to be able to kind of take a step back or influencing by not influencing perspective mm -hmm. you know especially in organizations i think yeah i think it's good to take a short-term and a long-term approach to influencing people like um, maybe there are things that need to get done so you know you have to think about how you um, approach the people in the organization about getting things done which is a short-term approach but you also have to be if you want to have sustainability and um, be successful to think about their growth as people which will require that they're not just meeting the demands of the every, everyday, um, you know, business, but that they're also being allowed to struggle some and that you're taking that come alongside approach with them. Um, because if they're just meeting the demands of productivity or whatever, then, um, and not, and not being allowed to grow as people, then, you know, you're maybe not taking, you're not taking a long view of um, your own business because you need people to grow in your organization. Yeah, but especially in businesses, we want to, if we see someone in our organization struggling, we want to rush in and solve the problem. And I'm not saying that that's not okay or anything like that. I think there's nothing wrong, I think, with offering... There's a difference between seeing someone struggling in your organization and rushing in and saying okay you need to do you need to do this mm -hmm. that's 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 one way another way is to just offer suggestions and or to talk to them about what they feel like they need to do because if you're just rushing in and saying this is the solution do it well they may even agree with it but if it's not theirs it's not as valuable you know what I mean? Yeah. But if you're coming alongside them and saying, oh, here, I have some ideas, here are some, some suggestions, what do you think? Then, then that's giving them, first of all, responsibility and accountability and ownership over their own experience, which I think long-term mm -hmm. is much more valuable to the experience in an organization and just, just like the health of it. Yeah, the process of discovering their own solution is something that's um, is is repeatable then, and it becomes part of their formation of themselves, and then they 
can exercise the same process and they'll they'll just have more ownership over their solution because they've come to it themselves if they're just doing your solution then it may not stick yeah and you're taking away the potential for them to cultivate yeah something that they need to cultivate yeah problem solving skills or something Um, I think I think it applies in parenting too. Um, you know, it's easy as a parent to focus on compliance. You just need the child to behave, um, but you also need them to grow some problem-solving skills and and be able to um, solve some problems on their own and and struggle and work through struggle. If you're always solving their problem for them or just demanding compliance, then um, it doesn't they don't grow as people you know which mm-hmm. we would which we would expect right mm-hmm. so um, this coming alongside approaches and and then taking you know not only a short-term approach but a long-term approach to uh, influencing people and personal growth I think is um, applicable applicable across a lot of different scenarios venues yeah so okay so there's focusing on self and who we're becoming to be able to influence the systems that we're in in an authentic way allowing ourselves to open up and actually say things that we want or need um is another way to influence people um, trust and acceptance and coming alongside and and helping people to come to their own solutions is a another way to influence people are there other things that you can think of other ways to describe this well I mean I think a good way to to explore where you're at in this whole process is is to examine maybe your own your own fears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that 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 may that's a really good starting point to <clears throat> maybe work towards having a greater understanding about not only how you influence or just what your current influence is on on your environment um that can give us a pretty good starting point to uh maybe examining how we want to change that yeah so fears can become maybe blocks to influencing people what would be some of those fears that you think people have one ex- one example would just be um, maybe in an organization or something um, fear of fear of not being uh, taken seriously or or respected i mean that's really if if that's something that you can open up to and and acknowledge in yourself 
then that's going to give you a really, really good insight as to what kind of influence you're you're currently having in your environment because it's playing out. Mm-hmm. Um, sure. Then what if you're able and willing to kind of examine that, then then you can take that information and um, and adapt it accordingly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's that's just kind of going deeper into okay. I I see. I I've examined this fear. I see what kind of influence I am having or I have had on my environment. Now I can go into what I want to do to like change and adapt that. Mm-hmm. Does that yeah. does that make sense? And that goes beyond, like you said, the difference between you know super superficial or first order change and second order changes mm-hmm. second order changes long lasting yeah there could also be the fear of not getting what you want um you know and and when these fears crop up in us when we're trying to influence people they will they will prevent us from influencing people in a in an effective way hmm. you know just being afraid of not being taken seriously is going to prevent you from attempting to influence people at times. Um, it's also going to make you more demanding. The fears the fears can make you more demanding. The fear of not getting what you want, obviously, um, can either shut you down or it can make you more demanding. So if you're not aware of the fears that you have as you're seeking to influence people, um, then you're not going to be as effective. There's there's no way to get around that, right? And that's that's effectively the block that we're talking yeah. about, right? So yeah. now you're blocked, right? So the fear of <laughs> of not getting what you want um, kind of gives way to this demanding way that we try to influence people, which means there's only one outcome that is acceptable to me, and I I have to get all of these people to do this one thing um and you know people don't respond very well to that you know yeah usually if i like that example of this fear of not getting what you want because usually what what the style of of your influence is much more rigid and usually what happens is is that um You know, if if you're not getting if you're not getting what you want, then you're much more likely to jump in into the situation, or you can it can look that way, where you jump into a situation and you say this is what needs to happen, this is the solution, and this is the only solution, because that that's the the this solution that I'm proposing will get me what I want, mm-hmm. and so then it's very limited. But right. you're saying. There can also be the opposite side of that where fear of not getting what you want keeps you from even putting yourself in a situation to have an influence. Right. Right. So you might have something that's specific that you want or need from someone else um, and not be able to see outside of that. And it's still, I think it's still okay to go ahead and present that. And I think you just want to do that in a responsible way. Um, not in a demanding way Um, and you might still you know have some of that fear as you do that 
that's inherent um, in vulnerability when you're being honest about what you want or need. Um, and it's just trying to balance that a little bit and to say, here's, here's what I want, you know, to see happen. Can you help me get it? Or, you know, what are some solutions that we can come up with together instead of just trying to maneuver and manipulate people into doing exactly what you want? It doesn't provide that openness. It's more rigid. Um, it doesn't provide the openness that's necessary to to really influence people in an effective way that's relational where you're, you know, building into them and building the relationship at the same time that you're seeking to influence people. Yeah, that, I think that's a really good example. Yeah. So examining self again um, and some of those fears is another way that you can be more effective as an influencer. Um, I think that's great. I think so. Anything else you want to add? I don't think so. I mean, I think one of the most important things we talked about is that you are having an influence over your environment all the time that never stops. And it's easy for us to forget mm -hmm. that. It's easy for us to not be very aware of how that's happening so um yeah maybe just start with paying attention to how that is true yeah so and taking it from there yeah and in that case every every decision that you make matters because every decision that you make is um is part of um what you're becoming you know and so you're, you know, even the things that you do in secret or the things that you think are not um, affecting the people around you at all still are because they're part of who you are and who you're becoming. Um, and they're affecting uh, your overall health, well-being, like your, just your overall self, which then affects the envir environment, you know, which seems like a lot of pressure and can make people feel guilty and, and stuff like that but um it's okay you know and uh it's just becoming aware that um yeah of all of the ways that and all the decisions that you make um are affecting the people around you and all you have to do is take responsibility it doesn't mean you need to be super demanding of yourself because you know doing that with yourself isn't going to work any better than it does with anybody else. Yeah, just starting to pay a little bit more attention to that is probably the most important thing mm -hmm. we can do. Then the rest, you know, kind of unfolds. Yep. But if we're willing to really pay attention to that and we can, after we pay attention to that, we can see how that might be valuable to our experience, you know, then the rest will unfold, I yeah. think. So. Pay attention to self be open to expressing needs and desires. Practice trust. Practice, practice acceptance. Coming alongside and uh, trying to address what fears you have that make you more demanding or make you shut down. That's a good start. Yeah. Influencing people. Yeah. Very good. All right, everybody. 
We'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks for joining us.